Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm super excited that you're here with me, and I am very excited to have my guest on, who is a fantastic business owner. He has many, many businesses, and in fact, has had lots of lessons that he's learned throughout all of his businesses, and the current business, that the number one business he's had since 2010, and it's getting bigger and bigger, blowing up, and I'm super excited to have Deacon Hayes here from WellKeptWallet.com. Deacon, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's this exciting. Second time around. I know. So for everybody watching this on Successful Unemployed, I interviewed him for Master Passive Income, the Master Passive Income show. So I'll put that link in there as well, where he talks about his real estate investing and things he learned, how he paid off $58,000, right? 52. 52,000. Yeah, round up to 60. <laughs> He's paid off thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. So he talks all about that in the Master Passive Income show. So check in the description for that as well. But Deacon, so you are successfully unemployed. You are somebody who has figured out a way to not work for somebody else in that nine to five just over broke job. Tell us, how do you make money right now so that you don't have to work for somebody else? Yeah, so mainly through a website uh, called wellkeptwallet.com and through affiliate marketing. So that's our primary way that we make money. Affiliate marketing. We're gonna have to dive into that because most people wouldn't think like, well, what's affiliate marketing? Because And how do you actually make money doing that? So you have WellKept Wallet, but one other reason why I also wanna bring you on the show was I knew you had WellKept Wallet and we were hanging out for like a, a, a business, like a conference type of gathering or a get together, which was a lot of fun. And I said, hey Deacon, how's your website doing? And you literally said, which one? I was like, what do you mean, which one? Like, well, kept wallet, of course. Like, no, I actually have a few prop, a few websites. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, once I got one to be successful, I thought, hey, let's try to duplicate this. Let's. Uh, I started from scratch. I realized that was a lot harder uh, than I remembered it to be. So then I, I was like, I'm not starting any from scratch again. I'm just going to buy existing websites, make them better. So it's kind of like flipping a house, right? You're kind of like, hey, I'm buying this house that needs a lot of repair, and then I'm buying a website that needs a lot of love and care, and then fix it up and uh, either sell it. I've sold a couple websites or keep them and just have passive income. So how many sites do you currently have that you're either working on or building? Let's say five. Okay. And you probably hire people to help manage that content and everything because that's a lot of a lot of sites to do. Yeah. So the beauty of being successfully unemployed is I don't I don't employ anybody else either. I just have subcontractors. So I have subcontractors that kind of manage all that for me. Man. Okay. We're going to have to get in all that. So you are a normal everyday guy just like me, just like your next door neighbor that instead of having somebody like, you know, Grant Cardone on, no, these are, we're just normal people, just normal everyday people, but we become extraordinary because we figure out a way to do this. Now, talk to us a little bit about how you got to the point where you had, you paid off $52,000 in debt, you started the wellkeptwallet.com, and then you realized, hey, this is actually the business that right. can actually make me so I can be successful and employed. What were you doing beforehand? And just walk us through that, that yeah. transition. So this is crazy. So I, I was selling wood flooring. So I worked for a wood flooring company in the recession of 2008 uh, to 2010 uh, timeframe. And uh, I was realizing not a lot of people buying wood floors, you know, you know like there's a lot of people getting foreclosed on and they Thankfully, we're in like luxury wood flooring, so there are people still building these huge houses and, and, and being able to kind of support my wife and I with that. Uh, but I realized, hey, uh, I'd rather do this finance thing. Like I, we had paid off our debt and I was really excited about that. So I created WellKept Wallet as kind of a way to journal our experience um, of how we paid off our debt. And this was in 2010. But then I realized, hey, it's not gonna pay the bills. So maybe I'll be a financial planner. So I went and I worked as a financial planner and I kind of put the blog on the side. It's like, hey, it's there, but it's, you know, it's just a blog. Um, and I'm working for this company, but I'm realizing, gosh, the only people I can help are rich people, right? Because the only people that can pay for financial planning and actually make you know make you money are rich people. So I'm like, I'm like, man, this is really not what I wanted. Like, I want to help the average person. There's not really a model for that in what I was doing. And so I just thought, hey, how could I figure out how to make money with my website and help people at the same time, right? And that's kind of what transitioned us to uh, trying to figure that out. What was it like quitting 
the, uh, being a, obviously a, working that job and then being a financial planner and going that route and then going into well-kept wallet full-time where you're saying I'm gonna get rid of all this other income from other sources right. and go with well-kept wallet was that rough was that easy so so it's kind of a funny story I, I got this email from a producer on Fox News to fly to New York City and be on their morning show and I'm like <laughs> Who the heck am I? Like, I'm just a, I'm a dude that paid off some debt, right? And so um, I'm like, I told my wife, she's really excited. And then I'm like, well, I gotta tell my boss. And so the financial planner, we're regulated by the SEC. And I'm like, hey, if I'm gonna be on TV and I'm giving financial advice, right? I just need to run it by them. And they're like, why are you gonna be on TV? Like, they were very confused, right? <laughs> like, you don't represent the company. I'm like, I know, I'm just Deacon Hayes who paid off debt. And I'm just sharing my story. And then they're like, well, what's your website now they're like what's this website again and I'm like well I told you about it and anyways long story short they're like hey you either need to shut down the website and keep working for us or we'll fire you and give you a severance so you can kind of go try to figure it out what do you want to do I'm like I want to do option B, but that kind of scary, you know, like. Was, okay, uh, pausing that, because yeah. I would definitely want to go down that route. Was WellCap Wall make enough money to be able to cover your expenses? No. Wow. So here, you know, a couple things I want to, because I, I, I am not the type of person to just jump ship, right? Like, especially when you got a really good, I had a good salary, I get benefits, uh, but we had paid off all of our debt, so we had no consumer debt. Um, we had gotten out from underneath some bad real estate deals that we did. So our cash flow position was really good, right? My wife was working full time. Um, we had no debt. We had three to six months in emergency fund. So I had this, I had, I had put these foundational things in place that I was able to make that decision. Cause I know a lot of people come to me and they're like, Hey, should I quit my job? And I'm like, well, do you have any debt? They're like, yeah, I got a hundred thousand. Like, uh, do you have any emergency fund? Oh, I've got 500 bucks. So like, no, don't quit your no, job, don't, right? Definitely yeah. Don't. <laughs> yeah, so, but we had we had set up ourselves to, to have that window. And I was like, hey, I can give it a shot for three to six months and I got a severance. You could always go back yeah. to it if you needed to, right? I don't know if I well, could have went that back job. to that one. Not I, that job, but. I, I could have went to some job, so, right? Yeah, and yeah. I could have made 50, 60 grand a year. Mm -hmm. And um, But I knew that there was a greater calling. There was a greater purpose um, and that I was bound to figure it out. So, you said, I'm taking option B, you got a severance package, and then how long until Wellkept Wallet took over? Was it a quick transition? Did you put whole heart of your, all, all your time in there and then all of a sudden it started doing really well? So here's the thing. So while doing Wellkept Wallet, I learned this uh, technique called search engine optimization, SEO. And uh, I wasn't making any money with Wellkept Wallet. And I had friends that were business owners and I'm like, hey, um, one buddy had a sod company, which is like grass. Um, and so I was like, hey, um, I could redo your website and I could do some you know, SEO tweaks for you, create like a monthly package, right? And I think it was 200 bucks a month for the SEO and like 1200 bucks for the website or something. So he's like, sure. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm a financial planner <laughs> making a website now apparently. So, so 1200 bucks and I'm doing this SEO and then I had a buddy that had a boat repair uh, company and he had two locations and I'm like, well, I'll charge you 150 bucks a location, 300 bucks. So I just started building up these revenue streams outside of Wellkept Wallet just so I had kind of diversification and I had some money coming in. Um, so in the process of building up Wellkept Wallet, I built up that company and I sold it for six figures a couple years ago. Wait, wait, well, cut wallet? No, I sold the SEO company. Oh, the so, SEO company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So just kind of to give the journey, like I wasn't really making much money with Wellcut Wallet to begin with. I started another company, uh, made that profitable, and then sold it, and that uh, you know helped me along the way with Wellcut Wallet. So as Wellcut Wallet kept building and growing in traction, more people visiting, and money started growing, you had another side income as well, side. It's it's actual business. So you had multiple businesses going on. Which I think is fantastic. So anybody who is actually by my, what I think is that you're quitting your job, becoming successful and employed, you absolutely should have as many streams of income. I love a river of income, like one main one, like my real estate, that's a river of income. But at the same time, you have so many different things that, you know, if something happens, you need to have fallbacks. And so I love that idea. Now that you sold that company, you're all into WellCab Wallet. Now, if we were to, because you know, if everybody remembering, Deacon said he used to start where he saw well-kept wallet starting from scratch and building up it takes a long time but now you're buying sites you're building up you're saying hey i know what a good site what it takes to make a good site let me take something that's already there established and build it up so if we were to get into that model 
not the well-kept, like starting from scratch, building it all the way up. If we're gonna get in that business model of buying sites, mm -hmm. number one, do we need a lot of money? Number two, where do we find the site? I mean, there's so many questions going yeah. in my head, so yeah. how do we start doing that? Yeah, so I would say tread lightly uh, because it's it's difficult, but I will give you some parameters that I use. So um, typically you're looking at like the trailing 12 months of cash flow, right? And seeing what the net profit is. What does that mean? Because that's, that's- Yeah, so like if I look back the previous 12 months, what's their monthly net profit, right? So after expenses are paid and everything, how much money are they actually bringing home? Because I don't know, like when I, when I would look at businesses and I'd look at like brick and mortar businesses too, um, you know, people would say they have this astronomical like making 50 grand a month right and then you look at it and they're actually making like two thousand dollars net you're like so I have $48,000 a month in expenses. That's, that's a, a lot. That's a lot, right? So, so really I'm looking at the net. Um, and so usually the, the multiple is based off of whatever that net is. So for websites, it's gonna be somewhere between 18 and 36. Uh, times? Times monthly net profit. Mm -hmm. So let's just, so for easy numbers, if it's making $1,000 a month and we were to times that by 18, it'd be 18,000 to $36,000 would be what you could offer for that site. Um, things that I look for is domain age. So how long has that website been around? Uh, mine's been around for 10 years. So a lot of people are trying to like game the system and they started a site two years ago and now they're trying to sell it for 150,000. Like I would tread lightly on that. Like I'm looking for stuff that's eight, 10, I own sites that were built in the 90s. So I got sites that are over 20 years old. Um, so really looking for stuff that has domain age. Looking for domain authority. So how authoritative is it on the web? Domain authority is just a simple one to 100 scale uh, from Moz, which is an SEO company that says, hey, if it's a 50, that's pretty authoritative. If it's a five, it's not, right? So I want something with good domain age. I want something that has a good domain authority. Um, and then also has potential, right? Like um, knowing that there's this, there's, there's there's this track record of it making income. Does it have potential for me to improve that income based off of my experience, which, um, you know, so I've been doing it for 10 years, I kind of know what works, what doesn't work, and can avoid a lot of those pitfalls. So those are kind of some of the metrics I look at when betting a site. Um, there are a couple of places to go, FE International, F is in Frank, E is in Edward International. That's where I bought one recently. Um, Another way to do it, uh, there's another one called Empire Flippers. I'm kind of leery, not because of the site, just because a lot of people that build um, you know, newer sites, they just list on there because that's a really popular one. But one thing I do is I like to outreach, per, like I bought two sites personally outreaching a site owner. And just, you can go to who.is, put in that site, and if they don't have it blocked, like you'll have their email and telephone number. You can just call them and be like, hey, I love your site. You ever thought about selling it? You know, and I've got really good deals that way. I've had really good relationships with people that way um, to be able to kind of um, get a site for a low dollar amount and ha not have to go through that whole brokerage process. So if somebody were say, I really want to buy a site, I don't want to start it from scratch. I have a little bit of money. How much money do we need to get started? I know you said the multiple, so however much money, it's yeah. making 18 to 36. Is that something like if it's not making any money right now, but it's been around for a while and they just didn't know how to monetize it, you just say, hey, I'll give you a thousand bucks for it. Like, how do we get started doing that? Yeah, it's tough. So I bought some for like say 10 grand that didn't make money. Uh, the challenge is, is if they didn't make money, there's typically a reason. Hmm. Um, and so without getting into the technicalities, a lot of, ways that sites make money is by doing what's called a sponsored post. And so they'll get these links from companies that could be a lawyer in Kansas, it could be a, you know, a real estate agent in Arizona, whatever. Um, and they just want to link on there from your site to theirs. Well, that actually hurts your website or the potential website that you want to buy. So I bought one and it was basically worthless because it had all these sponsored posts on it and I was trying to undo it and it was just taking too much time. And I'm like, okay, instead of me putting all this time into something that's kind of like a lemon, like, hey, why don't I just take that time and put it into something that's not, right? Um, and so, yeah, I really use revenue now as kind of a, a litmus test of like, if it's not making revenue, there's probably a reason. You might find a diamond in the rough, and if you do, that's great. Um, but I've just found there's twice that I've done that where one was making a little bit of revenue and it, it, I just couldn't revive it. I couldn't get the paddles to work, you know? And then the other one, it, it just would, yeah, it was a dud. <laughs> so, but it's a learning experience, really. Like, that's why it's kind of like with real estate. I'd rather buy something that's a little bit healthy, right? And has good bones mm -hmm. and be like, okay, let's do that versus something that's like, man, maybe I have to tear down all the walls and start from scratch. And I then at that point, you're like, I don't know how much money I actually have to dump into this thing to make it work, you know? That's a good point. Now, if somebody was starting with very little money and they say, you know what? I'm gonna buy a 
buy something I'm gonna put a lot of work into. Like you have so many other sites, so many other businesses that put devoting that much time to one site might not, it's, it's not as lucrative as somebody saying, I wanna get started. Right. Let me go ahead and buy a site that's a little older uh, or that it is older, even though I have to do a lot of work into it. Right. Now, is that advisable or would you say, just go ahead and start your own site? Should we look to first to buying or look to start your own? I think that's a case-to-case basis. So I think if if you like built, like some people are built, I think I'm more of a, I like to start things. I like to make things better. But I think that the, the reality is you have different seasons of life. I have young kids. I'm like, I don't want to be grinding anymore, right? Like I want to kind of step back and take my foot off the gas. But if you're younger and you're like, hey, you've got a time horizon, like start from scratch pound the pavement, do some PR outreach, right? Um, if you're a little bit older, maybe buying an established website where you're like, hey, you save a few years of your life, you don't you, you don't have to do that yourself. Somebody else already did it and you're just gonna pay for that, right? Um, so I think season of life really plays into that decision process. Now, okay, let's say we did buy a site. We saw a site, how do we know if it is a detrimental site like you, the one that you bought, or a good site? Like before we even buy them, how yeah. do we know? Like, okay, do we look for lots of sponsored posts, or right. how do we know? Yeah, so uh, there's a, a website called Moz, moz.com, and they have a spam score. So basically, you can sign so up. Do you have to pay for this? Well, you can sign up for a free version to do like 10 domains. So you can uh, get that with, and then, I mean, I don't know, I think it's like 70 bucks a month. Or but if you're gonna I, buy a business and spend a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, you probably do it for a month just to do the research, right? Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll see the spam score and basically the spam score would be like how many bad links are linking to this site. Um, but then also you can do a bunch of different link crawls on the site to see like, okay, what are the external links going out? And, and so there's a, a free tool called, um, it's uh, SEO Spider. Oh, oh I think I've heard of that, yeah. Um, it could be. Yeah, we'll have a link below this video, whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, but anyways, you can crawl the site um, and see what kind of those external links are. And you can be like, oh, lawyer, doctor, realtor, like these don't make sense for this website, right? And you can go through and unlink them um, and do things like that. But yeah, basically finding these tools to say, hey, how can I make sure this is a healthy site? That's why the revenue really matters because if the revenue's there, it's kind of this indicator of like, oh, this is a healthy They're site. Like right. yeah. you can see the track record, right? Um, and, and so that's why that's a metric that I didn't have before I have now. So we found a good property or property. We found a good um, website that is actually making a little bit of money, we buy it, we take it over. Obviously, I, my suggestion is definitely have an escrow account that gets changed over and all that sort of stuff. Is that those two different sites, do they actually work that out for you or do you have to do all that on your own? Yeah, so it, so I've done it both ways, right? Like a brokerage company will use an escrow company typically. Um, I've done it to where I literally just wire money to their account. I don't necessarily recommend that because that Ooh. money's gone. Yes, but, it is. Uh, but I mean, depending on your state, like if you have email chains going back and forth and you have signed documents, like it's legally binding. I'd just know. rather not have to spend yeah. that money trying yeah. to get. But escrow is by far the best way to do it. So like if you're like, hey, I just want to get started, um, there, you know, check out a place like FE International. I think I've seen sites on there for 10 to 25 grand. Um, Empire Flippers has some lower dollar ones too, but um, yeah, just making sure that you're going through and um, you know making sure that that income is real is another part, right? Like, because people can make up numbers, um, and so you know part of doing that is you can see what kind of traffic they get. You can use a tool like uh, Ahrefs or SEM Rush, and you can see how much traffic they get from Google and sources like that. So you can say, oh well, they're getting 100,000 people a month to their site. Like it's possible that they're getting this kind of revenue, or it could be like they're getting 100 people to the site. How how in the world how are they, they making, making money? That money? <laughs> There's no way. I yeah. know that they shouldn't be making money. So Deacon, now we have. A site. We purchased it. We went through. We removed posts or our pages. We've combined and merged them. We've added, made them better. Everything that was currently there is now where it should be. We fixed everything, and that's a whole other thing to learn. But we fixed everything from there. Now, what do we do to make it now grow? Is that all we need to do? Or is there other things? Oh, there's there's lots of other things. But really, what you want to do is try to improve the conversion rate, right? So, like, how how well are people converting on that page? And you'll have that data, right? You're like, oh, I've got a thousand people coming here, and this many people are signing up for whatever service. Uh, what if I move that um, that mention up? you know, two paragraphs. What if I made a special feature box, right? So you kind of do some testing and say, hey, what if I do this? What if I do that? And then month over month, you can say, hey, it improved the amount of conversions this month or it decreased. And so really just kind of 
that's kind of what I do now is just how can we improve the content so that it's a better user experience and that it converts to affiliates better. Do we add more content or we just leave that there as it is? Uh, yeah, so well, once you once you kind of go through the site audit, you update all the old content, that's when you start kind of like a new content strategy, right? So what's the new stuff, the fresh stuff that you're gonna put on there that's relevant? Looking for stuff like, you know, since tube TVs aren't popular anymore, like you have LED flat screens, you know? So what can you talk about today that's going to be relevant and that could drive some new traffic that people would wanna read? With that, is the main goal to get more traffic to the site or is there any other benefit to having more articles and more content on there? Yeah, so it really is to get more traffic to the site and to be relevant, right? I think that obviously people aren't gonna keep coming back to your site if you have the same old stuff, right? So you're gonna need to have new content that's gonna give them a reason to come back, but also, you know, it's gonna get pinned to Pinterest. It's gonna be shared on Facebook. It's gonna go out so Google can crawl it and send potentially some traffic from, you know, organic. Um, now Google has what's called Google Discover. So I don't know if, you know, I have an Android, and so I actually will see in my news feed if someone publishes something, it could be it could be master passive income. If I went to his website, it will show up in my Discover feed. So there's so many ways that content can be seen now that just wasn't possible a few years back, right? And so when you publish that new content, it's just going to put it out to all those different um, vehicles for people to get a chance to see it. So with that new content, we talked at the very beginning, you mentioned with Wellcap Wallet affiliates. And uh, talk to us about affiliates. Do we go out and seek them out. It sounds like that might be a little spammy where like, hey, I'm promoting this product, you know, go ahead and use it. What are your thoughts about the affiliate? Yeah, so there are networks out there. So typically um, one called cj.com, impact radius, which is impact.com, flexoffers.com. These are networks that have relationships with thousands of brands and brands that you've heard of, right? Walmart and REI and you know banks and uh, insurance companies, all that type of stuff. You can sign up for the network and then you have access to all these different programs and then you can apply individually on them. And then as you have an established relationship, a lot of times they'll instantly approve you, but at first they'll review your site, they'll ask you some questions, but really that's where you go to get those relationships. And uh, we don't actually try to sell. What we try to do is educate and then we have affiliate links there. So we could say something like, you know, the 14 best online dollar stores and then here's 14 different dollar stores. And wait, 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 did you say online dollar stores? Yeah. I've never even heard of that. See, look at this. <laughs> I learned something new every day. I'm uh, blown, yes. Yeah. Because I'm very frugal. Yeah. So and, that I'm gonna go shop there. Yeah, and, and we have, I think maybe two or three affiliates, right? So like Dollar General and some other ones. And so if people go there from Google and they pick one of those ones, we make money, right? And it's like, I care less what dollar store you go to, right? It's like, you're gonna read it and whatever resonates with you, you you're gonna sign up for. So um, that's kind of how it works for us in our funnel. Um, I do know people that are heavily like personally promoting and saying like, I use personal capital to manage my own money and that's okay, that's just not my approach. And sometimes uh, we might have a call out, like if I use a brand and be like, hey, I really do like this brand, um, but most of it is just educational and then we just have an affiliate link in there. And we have a disclosure at the top because the FTC mandates that. At the very top, it has to be there? Yeah, or and anywhere it says, on the page. Um, that I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I have mine at the top of the page just to be safe. Maybe <laughs> before it. they get to the content. Yeah. Maybe I should put that. I usually have the bottom. I was like, well, I'm just going to put it on there. I'll put it at the bottom. But uh, at least it's on the page. <laughs> at least yeah. I'm one step ahead. Yeah. Of the <laughs> so every single page we have to have that on every, or just a as a any, any page that you have the affiliate link on. Now I have it on every post because I never know if it's going to have an uh, affiliate or not. And so I just want to be, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So. I want to talk briefly, really, really briefly. Is WordPress the best way to go to actually manage and house these these sites? Yeah. So I mean, there's there's three major platforms: so WordPress, Squarespace, and well, I guess I don't know if you'd say like Weebly, but you 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 have these these platforms out there. WordPress is the best by far. It gives you the most flexibility. Um, unless you have an e-commerce site, it might be different. So like a Shopify or BigCommerce, something like that. But yeah, for creating a blog, WordPress is by far the best. Got it. Yeah, I completely agree. I have many sites utilizing WordPress. And after talking to you and you saying, yeah, well, which site are you talking about? I have many websites. It's like, 
light bulb, I need to do that too. So I have MasterPass. I actually have, I created like, and I didn't do the route of buying sites, which I want to talk a little bit more about buying a site and then building it up. Um, I just like, you know what? Only thing I know is just starting a new site. So thinking of other things to start it and put it out there. Because I was thinking in the future, with my real estate, I can literally pass that down to my kids. They can work in the business, they can make money, they can pass it down. I could also teach them how to get their own real estate, buy their own properties and run their own business. Same thing with websites. I could literally pass those down to my kids. As they're getting older, they wanna start you know, working and making money, like write an article or edit this one or whatever it might be. Obviously they have to be old enough to, like, the oldest now is almost 12 in two days. She keeps telling me, hey daddy, I'm almost a teenager. I'm like, shut up. It's like my oldest, uh, irritating. Anyways, I'm looking at sites, many different sites that I have as assets that I can literally pass down. And in the future, I could literally just keep hiring people to do the work that I'm currently doing. Like, what are your thoughts about now, not shifting to your kids, but hiring people, like you said, you have contractors that are doing these this, this work. Is that something, is that the next way to scale our business to get more sites and build the business and make even more money? Yeah, so that was the best thing I ever did, which I, I hired a virtual assistant essentially. It's like, man, there's all these tasks like answering emails, replying to comments, um, making sure that the links are working properly, whatever it might be. But I'm like, I'm spending a lot of time doing that when I really need to figure out like, well, how could I personally come up with article ideas for the future? How could I figure out which posts that if we update, we would increase the revenue uh, exponentially? So instead of me focusing my time on the admin stuff, I could hire somebody. Um, and a lot of times we have one now, I think that you know they start off like 15 bucks an hour and go up from there. Um, but yeah, just hiring somebody to kind of offload those tasks on. And it's a lot easier if you're buying a site that makes a thousand and you're like, hey, I'll spend three, 400 bucks a month to have someone you know, help grow that site, right? And so, yeah, that's definitely the next step to, to scale it. So having somebody being an admin, taking away the things, because I know with Master Passive Income, even successful and employed, there's so many little things that even though on itself, you're looking at that one little task that you gotta do, answering a email, an email that comes in, it might be really quick and may take two minutes, three minutes, but that's just that much more brain capacity that you have to apply. And not just thinking about doing it, but that it just, once it hits your brain, it's literally something that if it hits somebody else, you don't even have to think about it, which is brilliant. Now I'm very, very frugal. I'm like, oh, $15 an hour, that's a lot of money. What are your thoughts about somebody who is frugal? How do you get them, or how, do you, how would you encourage them to get over hey, you can actually even make more money if you hire out and have other people do that work. Yeah, I think it, it really is like writing out the numbers, right? Because the idea is, let's just say, hey, if I hire someone at you know 300 bucks a month, right? Um, but I'm now freed up to do the stuff that's gonna move the needle. And I'm like, well, but I can move the needle on extra 500 bucks a month, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm spending 300, but I'm, I'm netting an extra 200 bucks. You're like, okay, well, what if I gave them a couple more hours or you know, I'm paying them 500, now I got more time and I'm making an extra thousand. So you're like, okay, now I'm making $2,000, I'm paying 500, so I'm still $1,500 a month, right? So it really is just making sure that it makes economical sense. Like I actually uh, let go of a subcontractor, it was a company that was doing certain social media stuff for us and I was like, okay, well, we're probably making about $200 from the work that they're doing and they cost 600. Like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Like, I love them as a company, they're great people, but it doesn't make business sense, right? So you just have to weigh those things. That makes a lot of sense. And as I'm thinking about hiring people for my business, I, I only hire people in all my businesses that I've ever created for two reasons. Number one, they make me money, or they take away pain that I have. Like, they, they solve a problem that I have or make it, or do something that I don't want to do. So those are the only two reasons. And so mapping that out to see how much money am I spending yeah, for, for this one person, but how much money could I make if I applied my time someplace else? And for successful and employee, for Master Passive Income, for WellCap Wallet, for you and all the other sites, there are only certain things that you can do that will help it to make money. You can't really hire that out, but if you apply just what you can do, hire out the things that don't make either don't make money or that other people can do, but you focus on things and I focus on things that help it to grow, help to make more money and be more profitable. That's where our, our best use of our time is. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and you know, I was actually that frugal guy, but I think I was just so overwhelmed 
that I was like, man, I have to unload this, right? Like you said, that pain was so great where I'm like, yeah, I got to spend that money. But here's the other thing, you're blessing that other person, right? Because now they have work, right? And so it's not like this, you know, like oh, I'm wasting money. It's like, no, I'm helping someone else have a job. I'm also helping myself so I have more peace of mind. I can spend more time with my family. I can focus on the stuff that I need to do. Um, so it really, you know, it's kind of mentally just preparing yourself for like, yeah, it's okay to spend this money because it's going for good and it's gonna do the right things. And you can reevaluate it 30, 60 days from now and make sure it's still working out, but um, definitely worth giving it a shot. What are your thoughts about ads and putting those on sites? Because I know I have a pop-up blocker, or not pop-up, it's just ad blocker, pop-up blocker, literally on, on every single browser that I use, um, making sure I don't see the ads because I hate them. But not a lot of people know about those pop-up blockers or the ad blockers. What are your thoughts about having ads on your site? Is that good or bad? It depends. So I, I personally, um, ads are a way to make revenue. So it's not my favorite way. Um, we minimize ads on the page that we do have them. Most of, I shouldn't say most, a lot of our pages have zero ads. They just have affiliate links. So um, I, I, I lean towards not having ads, um, but there are posts that just don't make money. Like we have a free air and tires post, right? Where it's like people are Googling like, where can I get free air in my tires? And we might list like QT gas station and your local discount tire or whatever. We can't make money from that, right? You can't make money off of free air, uh, but we can make money off of ads that show up on those pages. So um, ads are, are, are there and they're, they're a way to make money, but I prefer affiliates by far. So is that the number one way that you would say promote, not necessarily a specific product, but you can, but way the well-kept wallet way is to give everybody options, explain all of them, and have affiliates to each one. So whichever one they choose, you're still making money. Is that correct? Right. And some of them you can't. Like you don't have, not every brand has an affiliate program. So you're going to lose money, but it's kind of a, hey, that's how you be objective. You're like, hey, I've got 10 options here. Four of them are affiliates. Six of them aren't. And you know, if people click on the four, then I'm going to make money off of them. So are you writing all that content? Are you like sitting, literally sitting behind the computer writing for all five sites. Is that what you're doing? No, no, I'm, I'm not a good writer. So, I mean, I'm a decent writer, but there are people that are better at it and like it more than me. So I hire people to do the writing for the most part. Is that expensive? Yes. <laughs> it's the biggest expense for my website. Is it yeah, really? Yeah. So how often, let's just say just well-kept wallet, how often are you posting content and can you share how much would that in a, in a month, how much are you spending on writing content? Yeah, well, it just depends. So right now we're doing every day and it's like somewhere between five and eight grand in expenses a month. Um, but it's a different level, right? So like I think there was a time where I was spending $25 an article once a week, right? So it was a hundred bucks a month. Um, and so you get what you pay for, right? And so now, we know how to make good content. We know how to get it out there. Um, we have quality writers. And so it's just a matter of- it's Like 100, 200 bucks per article or more? So yeah, typically be two, two to 300 bucks per article. Um, and so um, just for, so here's the thing. When people are starting out, you know, they might charge 25 to 50 bucks for an article. You have to do a lot of editing. I have to pay an editor. I don't edit. So it's like, so it's just going to cost more in editing than cost, you know, so it's better just to get someone that they do the proofreading already. They have it formatted properly. They have the links in there and it's like, they just hand it to the editor and they make sure that it lines up with our mission and vision and that it makes sense. And, you know, and then we can publish it, you know? Um, so that's why we pay a little bit more. Um, it's so funny though, because then there's some of these big brands and they'll pay like 30 to 40 cents a word. And so that's oh. like, you know, like 800 bucks for an article. And you're like, I, no wonder you guys are gonna go broke. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't see how that's sustainable. And I'm sorry if you're a freelance writer, if you can get that, I like, I'm in awe of you. Because, good for you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. But it's just as, a, as an independent publisher, that's, I, I just can't pay that, right? And so, um, you know, so to pay a couple hundred bucks an article, to two, 300 bucks an article is probably pretty common for us. Okay, two, 300 bucks. Um, so we have a mutual friend named Ashley and she was actually on the show as well, Successful Unemployed show, where she is a content manager. Now, if you're publishing once a, once a day, especially for Wellcap Wallet and all the other sites, it seems like that's a lot of stuff to make sure every single day something's getting posted, um, something's being edited, something's being added, you're looking at SEO, you're making sure you're finding the right keywords and all that sort of stuff. Is that somebody, something that you do all that or do you hire people to do that as well? I don't really know what I do anymore. Like I, no, so I don't do any of that. Um, no, so I have a blog manager, Julie, and she manages that whole process. 
Um, but then we have so many people that are responsible for different things. So I have uh, this lady Patty and she approves all the outlines that come through. And I have Ellie who does all the proofreading and editing. Um, and then all the writers are responsible for following our writer's guidelines, right? Um, and we have multiple writers. And so um, it's really just, like if one person was writing 30 articles a month, that's a different story, but we have multiple authors. So maybe say five or six, each doing three to four a piece, you know, um, and that, I hope that math makes sense. But, uh, but the idea is, is that we have the writers, we have the team um, and they kind of just do it. Um, I do more of kind of the, the vision and this type of stuff, you know, the day-to-day -day operations I don't do as much of anymore. It, it takes a long time to actually, not say a long time, but it takes time to build up the business where you can't afford to pay somebody to do that. What After the virtual assistant, which you said is, is a huge, huge benefit to you, what is the next, is it to hire a writer to actually start writing or is it to hire a content manager? Like, do we skip over something or what's the next hire after the virtual assistant? Yeah, I think the writer, I mean, it could be either the writer or the virtual assistant first. Um, but for me, the virtual assistant helped with all of that she would get from the writer and she would publish it right so I didn't have to touch it get into WordPress so um, yeah it would, it would be the writer would be the next person um, because they're key you know and then after that would be an editor because you're like hey I'm gonna have multiple writers I need someone that's going to be on top of editing all this stuff um, so that's kind of the flow would be say something like a virtual assistant writer than editor okay virtual assistant writer than editor because I know as I get more articles on either master passive income or successful unemployed, the more people get sent to it by Google. Google's really good at their job, which is you have a, a viewer looking for something and they put it in the right, the right article, right content, video, whatever it might be in front of that viewer at the right time. They're really, really good at it. And so if you are writing, I believe you're writing good articles that speak to whatever, just one person that is gonna be doing a search, you're gonna get so many more people coming to your site. Now, it seems like more traffic is more money for you. Is that correct? Yeah, it can create that. I mean, you, so what's funny is we have this article, Card Games for Two People, that's blowing up right now because of quarantine, right? Like people are <laughs> literally Googling, like, I wanna play with my wife. Like, how do I play? you know, card games for two people. And so like, I don't think I make much money from that one, right? So uh, we do, well, you do Amazon links, but you don't make much money. I have, an, I have an Amazon link to a deck of cards. I don't, I don't know if I've converted one yet, but because I'm, I'm assuming most of these people already have cards. They're like, Did you write that one a long time ago? Yeah, I think so. Oh, so it's been there. So, yeah, but then... so it just came to the surface where you're like, why are there so many people coming to this post right now? So uh, I don't recommend it. I mean, you can write it if you want, but, uh, but the idea is, is sometimes it doesn't equate to a lot of revenue. Um, it's a lot of trial and error. So if we're to scale the business, it seems like more traffic, but the way to get more traffic is hire people to do things to make it you know, grow faster with the content. Is there any other ways or am I missing the mark on how to scale the business? No, that's it. I mean, it, it, but it is making sure. So I have a pro forma where I say, hey, here's how much I want to make in the next five years in revenue. So what do I need to make this year? And then what? Then bringing it back to what do I need to make this month to be able to get to the end year goal to the five year goal? So really, um, and then that way, and then I also have expenses in there, right? Like, well, how much can I spend to be able to get there? Um, so we do do some paid ads. That's another thing that we do. I will say that I've been very disappointed with that. Um, it's it's an arbitrage game, right? Like I'm paying for traffic to now convert them on somebody else's affiliate, you know, program. So I'm spending a thousand dollars to make eleven hundred dollars, you know, and so that's kind of risky. Eventually, it might tip the other way, where you're, it's like you're making nine hundred, but you're still spending a thousand. Right. Yeah. So uh, I have, I did back in the day. Margins were almost like fifty percent. It was ridiculous. And now I feel like the costs are higher for ads, um, with exception to some things in the in the pandemic. But um, I will say that overall costs have been higher, and the affiliates have been dropping. Right. So yeah. um, you know, Airbnb drop their affiliate program like this week. And so you're kind of like, okay, well that revenue is gone now, you know? So just being cognizant of, well, if I'm gonna do the arbitrage game, I gotta make sure that the affiliate revenue is gonna be there, otherwise it's not worth it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So now Deacon, you have so many sites and you're building up Wellkept Wallet even more. What's the future for Wellkept Wallet? And I mean, is do we should we go into this business thinking we're just gonna make money? Should we have an end game or like a, a exit strategy? What's your thoughts there? 
Yeah, so, so for me, like I, I really enjoy the model. I enjoy helping people and, and transforming their lives with their finances. So um, I wanna keep growing it, keep moving it forward. I do have a number that if someone came to me and said, hey, we'll, we'll buy it for X, like I'd probably say, okay. Like I, I have some other visions in mind for, um, I think I talked to you about the film industry, um, but there, there's definitely some risk there. So uh, for me, just continuing to build it, buy other sites, build them up, uh, help more people in different industries and go from there. I love that where we get to, when you get to be successful unemployed, hopefully you have the mindset of helping more people. And that's something that when we have websites, we have such great scaling opportunity to reach more people, to serve more people. Like WellCap Wallet, doesn't matter how many people go to, you just get a bigger server, you know, have the more capacity. And the more people that go to your site, the more people you can help. Same thing with Master Passive Income. I just love being able to help as many people as possible. And when you get to this point, talk to me about opportunities. Do you have opportunities that come up that you have to actually turn down because they're good opportunities, but you have other opportunities that come up? Because a lot of people, before they get successful on they're like, how do I do this? And you know, there's no opportunities and sort of, sort of stuff like that. What are your thoughts about just in general, being successful unemployed and finding opportunities? Yeah, so, uh, well, I'll say we get a lot of opportunities where people wanna pay us to promote their brands, right? And we'll say no because it doesn't line up with our brand. And so we have the ability to say, hey, we make enough that we, we're not gonna give in to that temptation, right? Uh, but then we'll definitely have opportunities to work with brands and, and they'll pay us a good payout because they're, uh, they, they know that we, we have over 900,000 visitors, which is crazy to say out loud, per month. And they'll say, hey, we wanna get in front of your audience and we're willing to you know, have a good affiliate relationship moving forward. Um, and so we get a lot of cool opportunities there. And so um, I'm trying to get on Forbes right now as a contributor. So if you're watching this and you work for Forbes, put in a good word for me. Um, but yeah, sometimes I had an opportunity to write a book, you know. So the more that you work at being good at what you do, the more of those opportunities are going to come your way, right? And you can seize them or you'll be able to even say no to the ones where you're like, hey, it's just not worth my time. There are so many opportunities that I have that I literally have to say no to. They're good opportunities. Back when I was hustling, back when I was like, uh, kids were much, much younger or when I barely, like they only had one or two kids as opposed to four, um, I was hustling and I was buying so many properties. I was getting more leverage. I was doing so many things that now I'm like, huh, I'm, I don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. Opportunities come to me. I'm like, yes, no, yes, no, or whichever ones I want because as like you said, you get better at what you do people then eventually come to you and say, hey, I have this opportunity and you can just capitalize on it. So as we continually build our businesses, it's just gonna get better and better. So I love the business model that you have. I love the idea of doing affiliates. Um, I would like to potentially get to where I have a good amount of affiliate income coming in, but it's a different business model or a website model like mine with Master Passive Income is all about my personality, my teaching you how to invest in real estate, whereas Well-Kept Wallet, it's not necessarily a course on how to have a Well-Kept Wallet. You're getting you, giving everybody options and telling you this is what you could do and here's an option to help in this regard. Is, is that correct or is it, am I reading it a little differently? Yeah, no, I view it more of an educational model, right? And so instead of it being personality driven, it's much more educational. And in that, um, I, it's easier for me to scale, right? It's hard to scale as, you know, Dustin, but when you have multiple people, like Dave Ramsey's a good example of this you know he was it was DaveRamsey.com the Dave Ramsey show it's like he's the personality but now he's got multiple people that he's hired Chris Hogan Chris Brown his daughter Rachel that so now he's realizing like oh it doesn't have to be me right mm -hmm. and so uh, so this idea of like kind of both and it's like well I am a personality but I also have the ability to grow and scale the business through the educational side of things that's a great idea I think that eventually I would love to have a site like well-kept wallet where it's oh, not necessarily <laughs> it's not necessarily my personality that's driving it because if I did want to have the egg strategy of actually selling the company it's not dependent on me that's why I literally did not start it as dustinheiner.com I literally own dustinheiner.com is a funny quick little story back like 12 years ago maybe even 14 15 years ago I thought you know what it's cheap I might as well just go ahead and buy dustinheiner.com just in case if there's ever a need for it and if there's a jerk that's named dustinheiner.com I don't want him to <laughs> <laughs> or whoever to have it. So I bought DustinHeiner.com. It's literally not even being utilized at all. I probably should put something on there. Like, hey, my big ugly mug on there or something. But uh, um, what do you think about you having like a, a DeaconHaze.com or anything like that? Or is it like we're trying to build other sites that are outside of you? Yeah, so I own that one as well. And it probably has nothing on it as well. 
Um, so it just sits there. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on the, I don't wanna be tied to me, right? Because you never know what the future holds. Um, so for me, when I build a brand, I think about the brand as itself and, and me, I can be part of that brand. Um, but so well-kept wallet, I'm just, I'm the owner and the founder, but anybody else can be a personality within that brand. And that's the model that I prefer. That's great. Man, Deacon, so I wanna jump into the rapid fire round. We have broad questions, you should be able to nail them. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the first question is, hopefully we have a little extra time because we're successful and employed. We're not slaving away for the man working nine to five or more. What are you doing to make either the world a better place or your community or even just your family? How are you helping other people around you have a better life? Yeah, so one of the things I'm doing during the quarantine, I might have I might have bit off more than I could chew, is I decided I was gonna do this free business slash blog coaching for 20 people, and I got 32 people to sign up in less than a day, and I had to shut it off, and I was like, because I have a hard time saying no. So I've been doing this blog coaching with people. Uh, I did a couple today already. Um, it's fun, um, and so that's one of the things. Another thing, there's a, a nonprofit here called Hustle Phoenix, and it helps inner city entrepreneurs um, be equipped with the tools and resources they need to successfully start a business um, and so I'll go and I'll teach there usually once or twice a year about personal finance education so that they get their personal finances right and so that they can get their business finances right um, and so those are a couple of things that I do and then obviously serving in my family and trying to be a good husband and father uh, which I'm sure with four kids it seems probably even more tough than just two kids I've got two so <laughs> oh, it's not that bad go to four you'll be fine <laughs> we'll see I think, I think we're done in that department all right um, so next question is you've given us loads of great insights and information and wisdom is there anything other than because everybody always says just get started just start doing it well we already know I want to get started what's the bit of advice you would give anybody listening to this that says I want to be like a Deacon Hayes uh, well, be like you. That's my first advice. But no, if you yeah, if you want to get into blogging website, I like what Dustin said earlier. Like, even if you want to buy a site, I would just I would just start even a free site, right? Like something you could do, dabble around with, figure out how to install a theme, figure out how to create a graphic, how to size it. Like, just say, hey, is this something I really want to do, right? Um, because it, I would hate for you to go out and spend thirty grand on a site and be like, man, I hate this. Like, I why did can tell me to do this, right? Because if you can hire people that are good in their skill sets, like my blog manager is really good at process and project management and creating, you know, systems. Like I'm not, I'm not detail oriented, right? And so, so you really have to kind of go into it. Like, is is this something that you're wired to do and that you want to do? And then if so you know, go in cautiously, make sure that you're doing it without debt, make sure that you're going in and, and we talked about the domain authority, we talked about the domain age, we, you know, vetting the site, using the tools to make sure that you're making a good decision. Um, those are kind of the things I would say if you're getting started to, to do. That's brilliant, I love that. Now, if you were gonna go back and give your younger deacon self any advice, what would it be? There's a lot of things I would do differently, but I think uh, making sure that we're gonna be willing to try different things, right? So for instance, let's say you do buy a website. Let's say that you do start a website from scratch and it doesn't go anywhere. Doesn't mean that you need to give up, right? I might just say, hey, maybe doing a website in personal finance isn't for you, right? That might have worked for Deacon, but that might not work for you. Maybe doing something in health, maybe doing something in uh, fashion, whatever it might be, might be your realm, right? So um, being willing to say, hey, I'm gonna try different things. Like you said, you had multiple different businesses in multiple different industries, right? Um, and just keep going and, and, and trying, see what works, what doesn't, and tweaking as you go. That's great. What is one book that you would recommend? It could be business, could be life, whatever, that we should read. So The One Thing by Gary Keller, um, and it's it's much more geared towards, and this isn't even necessarily business related, but that's what I use it for. It's like, what one thing, if you do it, everything else becomes easier unnecessary. And like that principle like changed my life because we, we get bogged down in the weeds sometimes and we're like, hey, there's a light bulb in my fridge and it's annoying me every time I go, I just need to replace that light bulb, right? Like the things that weigh in our brain that are subconscious, it's unbelievable. So I did that for 30 days and I was like, I fixed all of these things and I'm like, gosh, I've got this like clear mind. I'm not cluttered. Like I'm focusing on the things that matter. And uh, so I really encourage you to check out The One Thing by Gary Keller. That's a great book. 
I haven't actually read it. I know so many people have recommended it. I well, really need to I read it. I basically just told you the book in the one sentence, <laughs> but uh, it's still a good read. The one thing, do the one thing that'll make either everything else irrelevant or not necessary, right? Easier unnecessary. Easier yeah, unnecessary, yeah, yeah. okay, that's it. Yeah. We don't need anything else, I'm just kidding. So, last question is, what is one tool, app, or it could be a piece of paper and a pencil, what's one thing that you use in your day-to-day -day life that we should look into using? Oh, well, this is going to be nerdy, but Ahrefs, uh, it's an SEO tool. So it's one where I can basically see like how my site's doing. I can look at other sites, see what they're doing. So that's a tool that I use um, on a daily basis. If you want something that's more practical for everybody, Google Sheets. That's, yeah. Uh, Google Sheets for everything. I live in Google Sheets. So. Google Sheets. That's Excel. Like, yeah, it's Excel yeah. online, essentially. But Very like, cool. I have my pro forma there. I have my affiliates there. I have you know, a lot of stuff there, so. That's great. Yeah, I know with Ahrefs, it's a really, really good, like so much information. So much information, you'll be like, I don't even know, I don't even know, like, you're looking at everything that you see on that one page, there's like literally hundreds of other things that you need to look at, but at the same time, figuring out how to do it, like that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. Yeah, there could be a course on that. Yeah, yeah, and this guy even sold a business that did SEO, that's what Ahrefs does. Like, so he's, he's a master when it comes to it. So Deacon, so people are gonna to wanna to reach out to you, we wanna know more about you and, and even check out Wellkept Wallet. How can people find you? Yeah, best is YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com slash wellkeptwallet, all one word, or wellkeptwallet.com, that's the best place. Awesome. Well, Deacon, thank you so much for being here on the Successful Employed Show. I know I've learned a ton, and I know everybody else will as well, so thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded, teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.